Welcome to Zichud Av Siman Memory Abraham Golder, and today we're Zechus Yuma Dav Zayin. The first parak Shiva's Yami. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, Rav Sheshes brings the following as the source for his ruling that Tumah Duchu Yehibat Sibur. It was taught in a Brisa Hayomer Umakriv Minchaz Omer Benitma Biyado. If a Kohen was standing and offering the Omer, and it became Tameh in his hand, he tells other Kohanim, and they bring another one in its place. Now, if there's no other barley from the new crop available, Omerim will have We tell him. Be wise and remain silent. The Meir explains that since there's no way to rectify the problem, we tell him to make the offering in Tuma, but not to publicize the matter, so that people will not mistakenly think that a private mincha can also be brought in Tuma. The Bryson nevertheless teaches that when there is another Omer available, it is brought in place to the original one. So we see from here that Tuma duchuyi betzibur. Rav Nachman, who holds Tuma hutra betzibur, answered that he agrees. That in cases where there are remnants fit for consumption, it's preferable to avoid making the communal offerings in Tumah. Rashi explains that even though a communal offering may be offered in a state of Tumah without reservation, it cannot be eaten in Tumah except for the Pesach. So when an offering is meant to be eaten, we do what we can so it can be eaten in a state of Tahara. Point number two, the Gemara brings Malchokas to Nime regarding Tumah Hutri Hibatsibur or Duchui Hibatsibur. It was taught in a Brisa. Rabbi Shimon says that the tzitz is meratza, whether it's on the Kongala's forehead or not. Rabbi Yudah says it's only meratza while it's on the forehead. Rabbi Shimon challenged Rabbi Yudah based on the fact that the tzitz is not on the forehead of the Kongala on Yom Kippur when he performs the inner avoda, and yet it's still meratza. Rabbi Yudah replied that a proof from Yom Kippur is ineffective since because Tumah is permitted for him in regard to the community, and that sits is not needed to affect acceptance for the communal offerings. Rashi explains that the entire inner avoda consists of communal offerings. So the Gemara concludes that this price implies that Rabbi Shimon holds Tumah that Tumah is merely overridden in regard to the community, and that sits is in fact needed to affect acceptance for communal offerings. And point number three, Abai said that Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yudah agree that if the sits is broken, it's not Maratza. They disagree when it's hanging on a peg, meaning that it's intact, but the Kongado isn't wearing it. Rebuda says that's not Meratz because the Pasuk states, Ametzach Venasa. It shall be on Aaron's forehead, so he shall bear the sin of the sacred offerings, implying that it's only Meratz while it's on his forehead. Rabbi Shimon holds that it's still Meratz even when it's not worn, as it says, Tamid Hashem. It shall be on his forehead always to bring them favor before Hashem. Rabbi Shimon said that the meaning of Tamid always cannot be literal, for how then does a Kohen Gadol go to the bathroom or go to sleep? He certainly is not permitted to wear the tzitz during those times. Ella, Tamid Muratsu, rather the term always means that the tzitz is always Muratsu, even when it's not worn. So once again, the three topics are, number one, Rav Sheshis brings the following as a source of his ruling, that Tumaduchu Yehibat Sibur. It was taught in a Braisa, If a Kohen was standing and offering the Omer and it became Tamid in his hand, he tells out the Kohanim and they bring another one in his place. If, there, if there's no other barley from the new crop available, Omrim will have you pikeach vishusok. We tell him, be wise and remain silent. The Miri explains that since there's no way to rectify the problem, we tell him to make the offering in Tumah, but not to publicize the matter, so that people not mistakenly think that a private mincha can also be brought in Tumah. The Bryson nevertheless teaches that when there is another Omer available, it's brought in place of the original one. So we see from here, Tumah duchu yehibet zibur. Rav Nachman holds, we see from here that Tumah duchu yehibet zibur. Rav Nachman holds answer that he agrees that in cases where there are remnants fit for consumption, it's preferable to avoid making the communal offerings in Tuma. Rashi explains that even though a communal offering may be offered in a state of Tuma without reservation, 
it cannot be eaten in Tumah except for the Pesach. So when an offering is meant to be eaten, we do what we can so it can be eaten in a state of Tahara. Point number two, the Gemara brings Malchokas and I'm regarding Tuma Hutri Batsibur or Dechuyi Batsibur. It was taught in a Braisa, Tzitz Ben Sheyeshna Mitzchu Ben Sheyeshna Mitzchu Maratza Dibri Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says that the Tzitz is Maratza whether it's on the Kongala's forehead or not. Rabbi Yudha says it's only Maratza while it's on his forehead. Rabbi Shimon challenged Rabbi Yudha based on the fact that the Tzitz is not on the forehead of the Kongala on Yom Kippur when he performs the inner avoda, and yet it's still Maratza. Rabbi Yudha replied that a proof from Yom Kippur is not effective since Tuma Hutri Hibu. Rebuter replied that a proof from Yom Kippur is not effective since Tuma Hutra will but Sibur, because Tuma is permitted for him in regard to the community and sits, and that sits is not needed to affect acceptance for the communal offerings. Rashi explains that the entire inner avoda consists of communal offerings. The Gemara concludes that this bright implies that Rabbi Shimon holds Tuma Dechuyi but Sibur, that Tuma is merely overridden in regard to the community, and that sits is in fact needed to affect acceptance for communal offerings. And point number three, Abai said that Rabbi Shimon and Rebuter agree that if that sits is broken, it's not Maratza. They disagree when it's hanging on a peg, meaning that's intact, but the Kongal is not wearing it. Rebuta says it's not Maratza because the Pusik states, Al-Metzach Benasa. It shall be on Aaron's forehead so that he shall bear the sin of the sacred offerings, implying that it's only Maratza while it's on his, fo- while on his forehead. Rabbi Shimon holds that it's still Maratza even when it's not worn. As it says, Tamid Laratza, Lifnei Hashem. It shall be on his forehead always to bring them favor before Hashem. Rabbi Shimon said that the meaning of Tamid always cannot be literal. But how then does the Kohen Gadol go to the bathroom or go to sleep? He certainly is not permitted to wear that sits during those times. Ella, Tamid, Maratza. Rather, the term always means that the sits is always Maratza, even when it's not worn. All right, so now we go to our Sim for Dav Zion, and our standard Simon is a gun, because the clay Zion is a weapon. So we use a gun, so here goes. The sniper who shot the sherets that landed on the Omer in the hands of the Kohen as it was being offered... Davanel and Yom Kippur that he attained atonement when the Kohen Gadol went into the Kodesh Kadoshim without his tits, which he also never wore when he went to sleep. Once again, it's slow motion. The sniper, sniper with a gun, that must mean we're on Dav Zion. The sniper who shot the sherets that landed on the Omer in the hands of the Kohen as it was being offered, which reminds us that Rav Sheshis brings the falling as the source for his ruling, the Tumat Duchuyi, but Sibur. It was taught in a bright side of a Kohen standing and offering the Omer that became Tommy in his hand. He tells other Kohanim they bring another one in its place. If there's no other barley from the new crop available, we tell him, have you we should so be wise and remain sound. We see though that when there is another Omer available, it is brought in place of the original one, which implies Tumat Duchuyi, but Sibur. Rav Nachman, who holds Tuma Hutra Hibatsibur, answered that he agrees that in cases where there are remnants fit for consumption, it's preferable to avoid making the communal offerings in Tuma. Rashi explains that even though a communal offering may be operated in a state of Tuma, without reservation, it cannot be eaten in Tuma except for the Pesach. So when an offering is meant to be eaten, we do what we can so it can be eaten in a state of Tahara. So the sniper who shot the sherets that landed on the Omer in the hands of the Kohen as it was being offered... Davana on Yom Kippur that he attained atonement when the Kohen Gadol went into the Kodesh Kadoshim without his tzitz. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings Malchokas and I'm regarding Tuma Hutra Hibatzibur or Duchuya Hibatzibur. It was taught in a brace of Rabbi Shimon says that tzitz is Maratza whether it's on the Kohen Gadol's forehead or not. Rabbi Yudah says it's only Maratza when it's on his forehead. Rabbi Shimon challenged Rabbi Yudah based on the fact that the tzitz is not on the forehead of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur when he performs the inner avoda and yet it's still Maratza. Rabbi Yudah replied that a proof from Yom Kippur is not effective since Tuma Hutra will betzibur, because Tuma is permitted for him in regard to the community and the tzitz is not needed to affect acceptance of the communal offerings. Rashi explains that the entire inner avoda consists of communal offerings. 
The Gemara concludes that this price implies that Rabbi Shimon holds Tumah Dechuyi that Tumah is merely overridden in regard to the community, and that Sitz is in fact needed to affect acceptance for a communal offering. So the sniper who shot the sherets that landed in the Omer in the hands of the Kohen as it was being offered, Davin and Yom Kippur that he attained atonement when the Kohen Gadol went into the Kosh Kodashim without his Sitz, which he also never wore when he went to sleep. Which reminds us, Abai said the Rabbi Shimon Rabbi agreed that if the Sitz is broken, it's not Maratza. They disagree when it's hanging on a peg, meaning that it's intact, but the Kongal is not wearing it. But Yudha says it's not Maratz because the Pasuk states, Al-Metzach It shall be on the Aaron's forehead so that he shall bear the sin of the sacred offerings, implying that it is only Maratz while it's on his forehead, Rabbi Shimon holds, that it is still Maratz even when it's not worn. As it says, Tamid Hashem. It shall be on his forehead always to bring them favor before Hashem. Rabbi Shimon said that the meaning of Tamid always cannot be literal. For how then does the Kongal go to the bathroom or go to sleep? He certainly is not permitted to wear the tzitz during those times. Ella tamid maratzahu. Rather, the term tamid always means that the tzitz is always maratza even when it's not worn. So once again, the sniper who shot the sherets that landed on the omer in the hands of the Kohen as it was being offered, Davin and Yom Kippur that he attained atonement when the Kohen Gadol went into the Kosh Kodashim without his tzitz, which he also never wore when he went to sleep. All right, now it's time for our four block back chazara. Daf Kimmel, so our for Daf Kimmel is a gamal, a camel. So here goes. The curious camel. Curious camel? That must be more than Duff. Gimel. Gamal. The curious camel, who always liked to hang out with one ram and one bull, which reminds the Gemara, continues to challenge that the word of Chapra refers to Yom Kippur and suggests that it could be referring to Shavuos, which is also a case of preaching for seven days for a one-day service. So Abishua answers, Dan par echor ba'al echor, me par echor ba'al echor, we derive his service. That includes one bull and one ram, referring to the Yom Kippur service, from a service that includes one bull and one ram, referring to the Niluim. Lafuke atzeret sashne elininu, to the exclusion of Shavuos, where there are two rams, this is referring to the two rams brought with the Shdei Alechem. And the Gemara clarifies that we can even say that we follow the opinion of Rebbe Lezib Rebbe Shimon, who argues with Rebbe, and holds that there are two rams brought in Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, the two rams are of two different types, Chadul Chobos Ayom, but Chadul Musafim, one coming as an obligation on the day, and the other for the Musaf offering. Rush explains that the Musaf is a supplement to the daily Tamid offering, as opposed to a special carbon called for on Yom Kippur. Accordingly, we could say the Yom Kippur, like the Miluim, possesses carbonus of one ram and one bull. This would exclude Shavuot, since both rams were offered as an obligation of the day. So the curious camel, who always liked to hang out with one ram and one bull, watched in fascination as the Kohen Gala performed a first-time service on the Mizbeach, which reminds us, Ravina provides a different reason why only the Yom Kippur service can be derived from the Miluim. He said, Dani avodah b'kongadah, ma'avodah b'kongadah, we derive a service performed by a Kongadah, referring to the Yom Kippur service, from a service likewise performed by a Kongadah, referring to the Miluim, as opposed to all other services mentioned, which are not performed by a Kongadah. Others say that Ravina said, Dani avodah t'chil, ma'avodah t'chil, we derive a first service from a first service. The Gemara clarifies that this means avodah t'chil b'makom, ma'avodah t'chil b'makom. We derive a service that was the first to be performed in a particular place, referring to Yom Kippur, which is the first avoda ever to be performed in the Kosh Kodashim, from a service that was the first to be performed in a particular place, referring to the eighth day of the Miluim, which is the first time the avoda was done on the Mizbeach. So the curious camel, who always liked to hang out with one ram and one bull, watched in fascination as a Kohen Gala performed a first-time service on the Mizbeach, and then was enveloped by a cloud for six days. Which reminds us, Reish Lakish challenges Rabbi Yochanan's assertion that the Prisha of the Kongadol is derived from the Milum, and says the obligation to sequester comes from Har Sinai, where Moshe was sequestered before he could enter the Machin Shechina to receive the Torah. The Pasuk states, Yishkon Kvot Hashem al Har Sinai Anan Yamim, and the glory of Hashem rested on Har Sinai. And the cloud covered him for six days, referring to Moshe, Yikra al Moshe, Yom and he called to Moshe on the seventh day. 
Now, what was the purpose of saying that Moshe was covered for six days? This creates a source for the general principle that anyone who enters the Machin Shechina requires separation for six days beforehand. Our mission, which requires seven days of Prisha, is going according to Rabbi Yudim and Becerra, who's concerned that the Kongadal might become tummy from his wife, who might unexpectedly become Anita. Daftalit, so the symbol of Daftalit is a Dalit, a door. So here goes. When the cloud covering the mountain shaped like a massive door, door, that must be more Daft. Dalit, Dalit. When the cloud covering the mountain shaped like a massive door, which reminds the Gemara brings a bright that's in accordance with Yeshuakish, who taught that Moshe ascended into a cloud, was covered in a cloud, and was sanctified in a cloud. Kadeo Kabotor Yisrael B'Kadusha, in order to receive the Torah of Yisrael Kadusha, as it stated, in the glory of Hashem rested on Har Sinai, and the cloud covered him, Moshe, for six days. According to Yosei Galili, this incident occurred after the giving of the Sarasa Dibros, for the six days of the start of the 40 day period following the giving of the Sarasa Dibros. Rabbi Kiva says in the glory of Hashem rested on Rosh Chodesh Sivan prior to the giving of the Sarasa Dibros, and the cloud covered it, with the suffix it referring to the mountain. The Bryson continues that when the Pasuk states of Yikrael Moshe, he called the Moshe on the 7th of Sivan to impart the Sarasa Dibros, Hashem is speaking to Moshe and all the people. And the Pasuk comes only to Moshe by singling him out. So when the cloud covering the mountain shaped like a massive door purged the innards of the person standing at the bottom who is trembling in fear, which reminds us Rabbi Nassim says, the pasta comes only to purge the food and drink from Moshe's intestines to make him like the ministering angels. Rashi explains that Rabbi Nassim holds like Rabbi Yosei that Moshe was covered by the cloud, but the Pasuk doesn't serve as a model for others who entered the Machin Ishkina. Rather, this sequestering of Moshe to purge his innards or resemble Malach was unique to Moshe. Rabbi Masi ben Kharj says the Pasuk comes only to instill fear in Moshe in order that the Torah begin with fear, trembling, and quaking as it says, Eve does Hashem be'yiro be'gilu ber'ada, serve Hashem with awe and rejoice in trepidation. Rabbi Rabbi Masi said in the name of Rav, but Malkam gilu sham te'hei ra'ada, in the place of rejoicing, such as when receiving the luchos, there should be trepidation. So when the cloud covering the mountain shaped like a massive door purged the innards of the person standing at the bottom, who was trembling in fear, he called his friend over to tell him what happened and told him not to tell anyone. Which reminds us, it was taught in the Bryce that the Pusik states, Yikra al and he called to Moshe and he spoke. Why did Hashem preface speaking with calling? The Torah teaches Derek Harris that a person should not say something to his friend, El Inken Koreo, unless he calls him Rabbi Manasseh, the grandson of Rabbi Manasseh, said in the name of Rabbi the Great. From where do we know concerning one who says something to his friend that he's not to repeat it to others? Unless he says to him, go repeat it. We're saying the Pusik, Yedabri, Hashem, love me, oh, mod, And Hashem spoke to him from the oh, mod, Rashi says, Rashi says that the term Lemor is expanded as a contraction of well, and more, do not repeat. Daf hey, so the sin for daf hey is hey. So here goes. The people forgot to do smicha and tenufa. We're told they should sit on bundles of hey, hey. That must mean we're on daf hey. The people forgot to do smicha and tenufa. We're told they should sit on bundles of hey, which reminds us the Gemara daf dalad on the base brought him a chutz between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chanina regarding the Megillah. Rabbi Yochanan holds called kasbeh and ma'akbeh and everything written concerning them, referring to the details of the Megillah service are essential to them. Omitting one of the details would have invalidated the Megillah. Rabbi Chanina holds davar ma'akbeh v'doros ma'akbehen she ain't ma'akbeh ma'akbehen. Only something that's essential for future generations is essential to the Megillah, but something that's not essential for future generations is not essential to them and would not invalidate the Megillah. The Gemara identifies. For actions which are not ma'ak the avoda in future generations, which would be the points of contention between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chnina. Number one, smicha. Number two, tenufa. Number three, prisha shiva. So questioning the Kohen Gadol for seven days before Yom Kippur. And four, ribu shiva umashicha shiva. Donning the Kohen Gadol on his garments for seven days and anointing him with oil for seven days as part of his installation. 
so that people forgot to do smicha and tenufa, were told they should sit on bundles of hay in order to listen to a Cohen reading the Parsha Amigulim, which reminds us that Rabbi Yochanan said in the Rabbi Shemar Yechai, where do we know that also reading the Parsha of the Migulim is essential? Rashi explains that in Parsha itself, before beginning the seven days of Migulim on the 23rd of Adar, Moshe gathered B'nai Yisrael at the entrance of the Mishkan and announced this is the thing Hashem commanded to do. Now, given this introduction, we would expect Moshe to relate a message from Hashem, but the Torah doesn't record the message. The Gemara therefore understands the Pasuk to mean that before beginning the Migulim, Moshe read them the step-by-step instructions recorded in Titzavah. Where do we know that if Moshe had not read them, the Migulim would have been invalidated? Talmud Gomer. For the Torah states, Moshe said to the assembly, this is the word that Hashem has commanded, which implies that even the speech is essential. So the people forgot to do smicha and tenufa, were told they should sit on bundles of hay in order to listen to a Kohen reading the Parsha of Miluim, and then take a test on how Moshe put the belts on Aaron and his sons. Which reminds us that there's a malchokas between Rav sons and Rav Yochan regarding how Moshe dressed Aaron and his sons. One says Moshe first dressed Aaron and afterwards his sons, and the other says that he dressed Aaron and his sons at the same time. And Bai clarifies that they agree regarding the Ksonis and Mitznefes, the tunic and the turban, that Moshe first dressed Aaron and afterwards his sons. They disagree regarding the Avnate, the belt, based on the different way they understand the Psukim in Parshas Tetzaveh and Sav. Davav. So the similar Davav is a sword. So here it goes. The Kohen Gadu who was sequestered from his wife and was using a sword. Sword? That must be more Davav. The Kohen Gadu was sequestered from his wife and was using his sword as a pointer to read the daytime mikvah hour schedule, which reminds us the Gemara why the Kohen Gadu is required to separate from his wife when his wife could be sequestered with him on the temple grounds and answers, Perhaps he'll have relations with his wife when she has no reason to think that she's a Nida and she will afterwards be found to be in a possible Nida at that time. In that case, the Kohen Gadu will be tummy for seven days and will not be able to perform the avoda of Yom Kippur. Rabbi Zerah said that we can learn from this that a bowl Nida ain't a Kanida, one who has relations with a Nida, is not Tommy exempted a Kanida and immerses himself during the seventh day without having to wait until nightfall. For if you say he's like a Nida, requiring Tevila after nightfall the seventh day, how could the Kongadu had relations with his wife the day he was sequestered do the avoda of Yom Kippur? He would need to immerse himself the night of Yom Kippur and wait until the following day before he could enter the base of Migdash. So the Kohen Gadu, who was sequestered from his wife and was using a sword as a pointer to read the daytime mikvah hour schedule, was delighted to receive visitors from the daily base of. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks why the Kohen Gadu is not sequestered from possible tumors of mace. Rashi explains he should be sequestered not only from his wife, but from all visitors, unless someone dies in his presence. Rav Tachlifa, the father of Runa, said in the name of Rava, Zosomeris, tumors of mace, hutrahi This tells us that tumors of mace is permitted with regard to the community. This means that if any tumors of mace restriction interferes with the communal sacrifice, the Torah commands without reservation that the restriction be disregarded. There is therefore no need to prevent the Kongado from being sequestered from visitors. Ravina said, I feel tame with Tumas Amase to Chuyahibit Sibur. You can even say that Tumas Amase is merely overridden with regard to the community, which requires observing Tumas restrictions, if at all possible. The reason that the Kongado does not need to be sequestered from visitors is that Tumas Amase lo Shricha. Tumas Amase is not common at all. Tumas Base lo Shricha. Whereas Tumas of his house, meaning from his wife, is somewhat common. So the Kongado was sequestered from his wife and was using his sword as a pointer to read the daytime mikveh hour schedule was delighted to receive visitors from the daily base of Hafu Ur Tameh and Hafu Ur Tower. Which reminds us, the more brings the Malchokas on the Rhyme regarding Tumas and Mace. 
Rav Nachman said, it's permitted with regard to the community. Rav Shesha said, it's merely overridden with regard to the community. The Gemara explains that where there are Tameh and Torah Kohanim in the same Beisav, all agree that the Torah Kohanim should serve and the Tameh one should not, even in offering communal offerings. The only disagree if Torah Kohanim from another Beisav should be brought when all the members of the current Beisav are Tameh. Rav Nachman says we do not need to seek Torah Kohanim, and Rav Shesha says they must seek Torah Kohanim from a different Beisav. Some say that even in a case where there are both Tameh and Torah Kohanim in the same Beisav, Rav Nachman disagrees and says that Tameh ones can also serve the Kol Tumas Meis Betzibur Rachman Ashayef, and the Merciful One permitted all cases of corpse tumor with regard to the community. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which of the one that the God was permitted to have visitors, and there isn't a concern about the possibility of his becoming Tameh from Tumas and Meis, that's on Duff? Vav. Good. Number two. Wished up the one that Rishaki says we derive the obligation to sequester from Harsinai, where Moshe was sequestered before he could enter the Machinishkina. That's on Duff. Gimel. Good. Number three. Wished up the one that Kongado does not need to wear that sits when he does the inner avoda on Yom Kippur. That's on Duff. Zion. Good. Number four. Wished up the one that Rav Nachman Rav Sheshus have a machok is whether Tahar Kohanim from a different base of must be brought in when all the members of the current base of are Tame. That's on Duff. Bav. Good. Number five. Which Duff the Malchus bin Rabbi Yochan Rabbi Chinina whether four actions that are not Ma'akav Lodoros would Ma'akav the Miluim. That's on Duff. Hey. Good. Number six. Which Duff the one that the Kona is required to separate from his wife as she might become a Suffolk Nida. That's on Duff. Bav. Good. Number seven. Which Duff the one Rabbi Nassim said the cloud was there to purge Moshe's innards and others say it was to instill fear. That's on Duff. Dalad. Good number eight. Which of the one of the Rav source for Tuchuma Tuchui Hibetzibur was from the fact that when the Omri comes Tameh, another one is brought in to replace it. That's on Duff. Zion. Good number nine. Which Duff between Rabbi Yossi, Gui, and Rabbi Kiva, whether the cloud covered Moshe or the mountain, and whether that occurred before or after the Aserus of Debros? That's on Duff. Dalad. Good. And number ten. Which stuff do we learn that Rabbi Yudah says that seats is only Meratzah when the Kohen Gadol is wearing it, whereas Rabbi Shimon says it's Meratzah even when he's not wearing it. That's on Duff. Zion. Excellent. All right, that concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ramgold and Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.